Hi, welcome to Basics Niches. I'm Adam. That's Tara. Hi. Um, a couple minutes ago, I just had to yell at Tara for being funny off camera or off microphone. Off mic. <laughs> and told her not to ever do it again. Well, uh, now I'm not funny anymore. So get ready for the most boring episode ever. <laughs> Hooray! I'm not funny. <laughs> No, really, oh. though, like, what if I'm not funny at all this episode? I'm sorry. That's not intentional. Now watch. You're going to be the funniest you've ever done. Okay, I hope so. Fucking hope so. All right. So we are discussing chapter eight, The Potions Master. About Tara's favorite person. My favorite. Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> uh, I don't hate him, but he definitely is not Her on the top list. tier character, better than Neville Longbottom. Okay, get the fuck out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna jump right in. My battery is dying, so this might be a little bit rushed today, but I believe that we can do this. We can do this. This is a short chapter. There's a lot going on in this chapter, and a lot of great stuff. To start off, want to read? I will read your read outline. It. Cool. It's going to be delightful. Here we go. Chapter 8. The Potions Master. The first day of school and Harry has to deal with the fucking paparazzi. Can we just talk about how you said the first day of school and then Bailey, the dog, like was like, Mow. Yeah, because school sucks, right, <laughs> She was like, oh man, the first day of School's school. School's dumb. Welcome to our first guest on the podcast. Yay, Bailey. Bailey the dog. Hi, sweetheart. Lay down. Please and thank you. All right, sorry. Okay, <laughs> let's see. The first day of school and Harry has to deal with the fucking paparazzi, which I tried to say wrong the last time. Paparazzi. Hogwarts is alive. Fuck peeves, man. I would say fuck filch too, but ew. Not that I would want to fuck peeves or anything. Wow. This joke backfired on me. Anyway, I love you. We, Bailey, Beach, we learn about classes and teachers, and it is fascinating. Astronomy and astrology is lit. Herbology is lit, and Sprout is not dumpy. Thank you. She is awesome. I'm offended. <laughs> Charms is lit. Flitwick is a cutie patootie. I fucking love Flitwick. Uh, Transfiguration is fucking lit. History of Magic is boring af. Voldemort smells like garlic. Lol, gross. Cousin It invites Harry to tea. And Mail of Hogwarts is lit. Hogwarts is lit. Everything about Hogwarts is lit. Potions, however, is not very lit. Come on, Snape. Call him out on the first day when you're likely aware of what happened to him. Don't be a blast-ended script. Class is also a disaster. Hagrid feeds Harry and Ron rocks. What the fuck, Hagrid? We end the chapter learning that someone broke into the Gringotts vault. Oh no. Is that the end? That's it. Yay. Oh no. I kept it short and sweet. Very this, nice. This chapter is, is pretty It's short a great and sweet. chapter. They pack a lot in. First of all, Hogwarts is lit. <laughs> what? Like, I missed that. This makes me want to go back to college. <laughs> this makes me want to go back to school and learn more. Now I just want to go back to school and go to Transfiguration. Right. I want to go to Camp Charms. Charms. Um, everything yeah. sounds amazing. Honestly, like, even potions wouldn't be so bad. I think that the circumstances of potions is bad. But, like, the, I mean, the only thing is goddamn Professor Bins. Jesus Christ. You know what? He very much loves history. Just give him what he... Let people love what they love, He doesn't Adam. even have a heart anymore. He's a ghost. Let him like a thing that he likes. Yeah, I just feel like... 
the point of this chapter is that classes are fucking cool at Hogwarts. Yes. Literally, the first thing I wrote was, so basically magic school is overwhelming, but also awesome. Yes. Um, you know, we get, so you get to meet all of those professors, like you said. Uh, you forgot to mention that McGonagall is boss as fuck. Because she is. Oh, I mean, we already knew. Right? <laughs> We've been new about the Gamagago. Really, this chapter is about... What should we call her? McGonagall. There we go. <laughs> really, we all know that this chapter is just about sniping a dick bag. Yes, but before we get into the dick bag, yes. the other thing that I really want to mention is how alive Hogwarts is. Yes. I think we've talked before about energy and um, like animals being able to sense energy, for mm-hmm. example. This castle is filled with energy. The thing about doors not opening unless you touch them the right way. That's very sexual sounding. But um, you really have to jiggle that knob, if you know what I mean. Right. Well, Uh, moving stairs. Moving stairs. And, like, enchanted stairs that won't appear, so you have to hop over them. And a whole bunch of different things. If you keep hearing a bounce, it's because Dog is now taking a Kong and bouncing it on the floor. Like a bitch. Literally a bitch. Cause this, she's a this is her house, so she does not give a shit that we're trying to do she, something else. She doesn't understand. She hasn't read the books. We already talked about that. She hasn't. <laughs> Bailey needs to prepare for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the personification of this. And of course, they start to talk about the portraits and how they can move from portrait to portrait. And I just really like it. I think it's really telling about all the energy that's in there, all the energy that's been in this castle. And you think of things along the lines of crystals having energy or when something can get possessed or haunted, it has an energy to it. Or if you have certain things throughout your life, you leave some of your energy on them. And just to think of the rich... Oh, history of Hogwarts, not to bring up history of Hogwarts, the classic. <laughs> but um, you think of the rich history of Hogwarts and all the energy that's been in through there, and I think it's kind of telling of that, which I think is a really cool touch. I love it. I, I will say I'm glad that my house isn't alive like that because it would freak me out at all times of the day. But yeah, I I think that it's worth noting It's beyond. just very exciting. You know, it's, it's also the first, like, day or week of school you know, anyone who's ever been to any level of school, like, that's just what it's like, too, just in general. That's true. There is, like, a really big excitement about going back to school yeah. first week. I love it. Yeah. And then you put on top of that, like, literally the chapter opens with everyone being gawking at Harry, like, oh, did you see his scar? Oh, my gosh, that's Harry Potter. Like, it's very much like the feeling when you come back after summer break. And yeah. Like, and look what's new. Look what's new. Oh, look at the look, new teacher. So, so cut their hair. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, they're dating, whatever. Oh my god, that bitch is pregnant again. Like, who's that new person? <laughs> She's pregnant again. Whatever, you know. So you get that feeling at Hogwarts because you can center around the fact that Harry is this celebrity, which we know he doesn't fucking understand, yeah. which is great. However, but. I think that this is the first chapter where we start to see some normalcy in Harry and everything he's experiencing. Magic is becoming a thing that is not like, I think there's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. When when you're surrounded by it in every way, and this is the first time where he's like, oh, classes, and I have homework now. And they talk about, oh, but I wish McGonagall were such a fan of the Gryffindors and she didn't give us so much homework. Yeah. And this is where I'm starting to show a little bit how Hermione's one of my favorite characters, because I would be the same way. I'd be like, 
oh cool this is fun <laughs> right this is cool this is cool but the boys are teenage boys we've established that before and they yeah the the normalcy of uh this is maybe magic school but it's still school and it's almost like it's mm. worn off a little bit the the one of the big things that is newer in this is the way that the mail is delivered with all of the owls swarming in which is daunting of course but it's still i don't know i think it's so commonplace the students and the teachers who are at hogwarts they expect it it's just a normal part of their day but it's so outrageous and and fun to see when it happens i just love this book so much (laughs) i just I ran out of words. I just love this book so much. We we mention it maybe every single time, but there's a reason why we're not doing a reread of the freaking Farmer's Almanac or I something. Mean, why would you do that? Oh, that could be really interesting in a different way. Why anyway. Would, why would you do that? Cut to some old farmer dudes doing a reread podcast of the Farmer's we Almanac. We would just fucking make fun of it. <laughs> Not necessarily be funny about it, but we would try. Uh, you know what? Let people like what they like, Adam. I can't say love sure. because then who's going to bring up ghosts that don't have hearts in it? <laughs> oh, now I'm the negative one. I see how it is. You just were telling us a ghost didn't have a heart. That's very sad. <laughs> no, like how in the past I, I was know. like, this chapter's fun. And you were like, depression. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hi, welcome to my life. Okay. Ghosts are at least still cool. Ghosts are cool. Especially. Except for Professor Benz. Fuck that guy. Anyway. And Peeves. Peeves <laughs> is in this chapter again, too. Ugh, and he's Peeves. just a fucking douche. But we also get to meet a cat. But it's Mrs. But Morris. it's also a douche cat. <laughs> <laughs> douche ghost, douche cat. This chapter is filled with a lot of dicks. <laughs> yes. There are a lot of dicks in this chapter. So, so anyway, did you want to say anything else about um, the prep up to... I think that we can get to the meat the of the chapter. Potions which is the master. potions master. So okay. Can I just start off by you may start saying off my piece? Since you are the biggest fan of Severus Snape. Okay. I think Severus Snape is one of the most brilliant characters in literary history. Like, if you disagree with me on this, you're wrong. That's how I feel about it. However, he's still an asshole. Uh-huh. You know, it's like Sherlock Holmes. He's a fucking genius, but he's also an asshole and kind of just not a nice guy. But he's really fucking smart and he's fun to read about. And Snape is so complex and so brilliant. And obviously in this first book, you don't get all of that. But you're still intrigued by him because the first interaction you have with him is him giving Harry this look that makes Harry go, I get this feeling this guy doesn't like me. And then in this chapter, it's like, Harry was wrong. Snape did not like him. Snape hated him. him. And he doesn't get it. And and just seeing how that story develops. And it starts here in this chapter. Um, But listen, Snape's arc is great. Snape is a brilliant character. You don't get to bully your students. The end. Fuck that. You're never going to be redeemed 100% in my eyes. The end. We start to see some things that are established at Hogwarts that aren't really in the best practice. No. Snape is a great example of this on top of there being a reason why you shouldn't go into a certain corridor because you might die or other dangerous things that we've seen here like um, a poltergeist that tortures your students when they try to get to class or uh, while it's kind of cool the vanishing steps and the stairs right. that i just mentioned. also dangerous yeah the hogwarts is dangerous like we you can just say that hogwarts is dangerous because it is and it's not just dangerous it's Snape, we obviously learn later Snape's reasoning for we get Hogwarts. The tragedy of Snape as a teacher 
is Snape knows what the hell he's doing. He's brilliant at potions, and he's just a dick to students. And he chooses to be a dick. Well, he's being so resentful to him because of, A, his father. Right. He well knows what happened to his parents. Uh, Yes. And I can imagine... Can't wait to talk about that later. Yes. I think that's the best way to say that right now. But also, like, you gotta think, if he has known Lily as well as we think he did. He has to know about Lily's background and potentially what could happen to Harry. So it's just so unfair and it comes from such a vindictive place then to put Harry on the spot the way he does. But he does it because he looks at Harry, sees his former classmate who was never kind to him and God, I can't wait to talk about that later. That's going to be our tagline. Um, I can't wait to talk about this later. Get literally going to be our tagline. It, it's brilliant. Um, oh my god! And I came up with it, and you sent us a tagline. We a team. Bitch won't give me a high five. <laughs> anyway, just like being positive and everything. Fine. Um, rude. Oh my god. Okay, but no, really, like he looks up and he sees it, and I, I get it. I don't want to be like, yeah, fuck Snape and his trauma that he suffered at the hands of James Potter, like. That we established definitely in like the third and fifth book and whatever, and you find out how that went. I don't. I don't want to diminish that no. for him. But leave your baggage at home. <laughs> not even just leave your baggage at home. You were an eleven-year-old boy once, and people mistreated you, and those were your classmates. This sure. is an adult, and you know the situation Harry was in, like you said, uh-huh. and you are actively treating him like shit because you didn't like his dad. That is so petty, so unacceptable, and I'm just, I, I, I can never get past that. And Harry is not the only one he bullies, you know? No. Like, he, he shits all over Neville in this chapter, and then he, like, makes that Harry's fall, and it's just, He's a it's douche gross. to Hermione. He's a, yes, and those, those three get the worst of it yeah. from him. It makes me wonder who they can go to as well, because... My thought is that they could go to McGonagall, but McGonagall, I think, is so straight-laced that she doesn't want to hear it. She's definitely established herself as as not necessarily a warm person you could go to. Yeah. At this point in the books, they haven't met someone that they like, I could go to this person for help, which is a problem. I think Hagrid, and he does go to, they do And that's the thing, Hagrid, but Hagrid, Hagrid is their guy. It off. Well, so Hagrid has his, yeah. yeah. Hagrid has his, his situation with Snape, too, but... Hagrid can't do anything about it. Right. We know that Dumbledore is, you know, a little bit kooky. Off He's doing Dumbledore do shit. I don't know. Like, who are they going to tell? The problem with the school, and what, what I love about McGonagall is eventually she is established as a more approachable character. And I'm assuming for at least Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws, because clearly fuck Slytherins, because this story. But they can go to their heads of houses, because I will tell you that I feel like Sprout and Flitwick seem much more approachable. Yeah. But they're not... You know, Harry's our main character. He's in Gryffindor. And his head of house is McGonagall. And she's not necessarily super approachable yet. And maybe maybe they feel that way differently later. And they do. They do feel that way. Oh, but I, I at, think that... In this chapter, like, if you see a student being verbally abused by a teacher, Harry should be able to go to McGonagall and be like, what is this about? But he's an 11-year-old boy who has all of these issues with the fact that he's not had a reason to trust adults before. Right. He, he literally has zero people at this point. He could very well think, you know, okay, well, this is just how it is. This is how adults treat people, except for some of those situations like 
Hagrid, for example. But also, can we talk about how much of a dick move this is from Snape? Snape knows Harry's parents are dead. What's Harry going to do? Write his family? Oh, he can't. Like, what a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, it's just in poor taste. Before moving on, I do want to bring up how we talked about McGonagall is not very approachable. But I want to bring up, because now three chapters in a row we've mentioned about how people grow. Hermione mm-hmm. grows. Neville grows. Harry and Ron grow Draco grows. Everybody grows. And, like, we see that with even McGonagall, you know? Mm-hmm. that's I think that's what makes a lot of these characters so beloved in that you see how people they are. <laughs> like, no, no, no. I get what you're saying. They're, they're, like, they're like real people. Truly. Everybody has flaws. There's great things about all of them. Same with Snape. And I think that's kind of the transition into... To how you said that he is one of the these great characters in literature, I do want to call out how he kind of first approaches the class, and it's specifically Harry. Of course, he's doing it in his his douchey way, but he asks him these three questions. I had told you before we recorded that as he was saying these, I was writing on the answers because I'm Hermione. <laughs> like I knew the answers. And then, of course, I kept reading. And I was like, oh, he answered them already. The first question that he asks is about the asphodel and the wormwood. And he, of course, answers the question being about being the draw of living death. But asphodel is a lily that also kind of translates to my grets follow you to the grave. And then wormwood means absence or a bitter sorrow. So it also kind of alludes to his history with Lily, of course, Mm -hmm. his mother. And in a way, it's almost saying, here's why I'm being such a dick to you. I don't think there's any good reason to it. I think it's the why holds no additional water, but I like that. I think it's that's another very cleverly written thing. I, I touched on this before where this is, it's like a children's book and they give everything to you and then things become much more robust and full and complicated in future books. But this is something that you might miss even through rereading it if you don't kind of understand the origin of some of this stuff. And I really like that introduction. I love I love the way that you did that because that's something that's talked about so much among the community, among the Harry Potter fan community. Yeah about this particular exchange and what that is. I just like how you made sure to state, this is what is important to me, this is why I'm being an ass to you, that's essentially what you said. And then you were like, which isn't okay. Because I think that that is really where people fall into the, oh, Snape is a tragic hero kind of thing, and whatever, people can have their own reactions. But again, I look at it and I'm like, this is very interesting information, and this this really helps fill in the story when you look back on it. Yeah that you responded just being like, well, I know what this is. Mm. You know, it's just, it's very fascinating. And it's, it's very interesting because me, I know that because I've, you know, I've read all the theories and, and people talked about it or whatever. And then I just passed through it because I just, yeah, I get it. Okay. Whatever. It's, you know, it's very interesting. It's not fair to Harry to say, oh, he's a tragic hero and he establishes it up front. And so everything is okay. No, look at him in the moment. And see, this is not a way to treat children. This is not a way to treat one of your new students. This is not an okay way to do this. At the same time, what if it was written in the way that Snape is a nice guy? You know, (laughs) it would be, 
It would be a little strange. The story wouldn't be the same. I get that. Yeah. That doesn't mean I have to like Snape. Or even if he was emo or anything. And I don't think we have to like him, honestly. I, like, I think I think we have to respect... I mean, we don't have to do anything, obviously. But we have to respect what his purpose is. Listen, I love shitting all over Snape because that's what he does to his friends, So <laughs> it's, it's okay to not like Snape. But I will say that I do like his purpose in this story. Oh, okay. But him as a person and as a teacher... Not great. One last thing on Snape for this episode until, you know, later when I have an opportunity to shit on him some more. I would just like to actually point out this little exchange here. It is toward the end of the class. There um, is when Snape is like, Potter, why didn't you tell him not to add the quills? He's talking about how Neville fucked up. And he's like, oh, you thought if you if he did it wrong, you'd look better or whatever. Yeah. And, and he said, there's another point you've lost for Gryffindor. This exchange happened. This was so unfair that Harry opened his mouth to argue, but Ron kicked him behind their cauldron. Don't push it, he muttered. I've heard Snape can turn very nasty. Snape is already fucking nasty. He's already turned up to 11. Where is he going? Right? I know. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, oh, this exchange. Yeah. Anyway, so that is all I'm going to say about Snape right now. Although I will say the fact that he is already standing up for himself. That is something else that is worth mentioning, is that we're already seeing the transformation of Harry. And I briefly mentioned about how he's already kind of like, eh, classes, meh. But the fact that he is now standing up a little bit more, we've already seen it. He did it to the Dursleys when Petunia was doing his school uniform, and he was like, oh, I didn't know it had to be so wet. Right. He was like a smartass and stuff. So we, we've seen it. But this is someone completely new that he's already trying to stand up to. I like the growth. I think yeah. that, that's pretty Well, you know, Snape came in hard on him, and he's recognizing he has to stand up for that. And so I say good for Harry. Can we talk about the end of the chapter with Hagrid? Oh, yeah, the tea. Yay! Uh, cousin It invites them to tea, and he feeds them rocks. Um, you forgot <laughs> about the most important part of that. Hedwig gets to deliver her first letter. Oh, yes, that's right. And... I was going to put this in my recap. I was like, oh, look, Hagrid does know how to write and spell things. But I think that something like Harry Potter puppet pals or something is kind of skewing my brain into oh. the fact that, like, Hagrid isn't illiterate. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure some kind of parody thing does that. Yeah, I was surprised to see that at first, but I was like, you know what? No, it's, it's all of these fan spinoffs that are kind of getting in my head. So, you know what, fans, stop disrespecting Hagrid. Stop. Right, because he's the fucking best. Stop saying that Snape is a hero when he's just being an evil man. <laughs> and stop shitting on Hagrid. And stop shitting on... Po- this isn't a fan doing it. It's actually in the book. But I was really disappointed that Professor Sprout was Called described as dumpy. dumpy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what? That's why I put it in my recap. Yeah. Uh, she great. She's amazing. Okay. Okay, she's so great, she she can fucking go to class with dirt on her face because she's like, this is who I am, fuck you all. Absolutely. I love her. What would you like to say about the tea? Hagrid is spilling the tea. <laughs> no, so um, I just that wanted to hot. talk about how the end of this chapter is actually like the launch into the mystery of this story. Yes. So this book, it, it's very interesting because the formula of this book and the next book especially is like this established mystery too. Yeah. You see in this chapter, literally, Harry is all about a mystery. And it's very interesting because he just came to magic school, which he doesn't understand. 
the end of the chapter is him being like, um, had Haggard collected that package just in time? Where was it now? And did Haggard know something about Snape? Like he didn't want to tell Harry. That's the last thing Harry's thinking about. Like the first half of that is about the fucking stone. Well, he doesn't know it's the stone yet. The package. Yeah. And it's like, this is who Harry is. He wants to figure this out. And I don't know, like instinctually he realizes that it's important. There is a cat battle happening in the house. I think it's very interesting that they spend all this time at the end of this chapter talking about this package, which the first time you read this book, if you were paying any attention, you're like, oh, that's the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone. Like, you knew that, which is fun because, like, usually it's just kind of like you don't know. But it's very clear to you as a reader because the book is called The Sorcerer's Stone, whereas Harry's never heard that before. So it's really cool to kind of see it from that end. I just find it very interesting that Harry focuses so much on this at the end of the chapter and also he catches on to the fact that Hagrid is totally changing the subject. That's a great point about the mystery. We saw a little bit of it in past chapters, but there are other mysteries. Like the way the previous chapter ends with the whole dream and the green flash of light. The same thing was kind of touched on when they went to Gringotts and they retrieved the package. Mm-hmm. But that's a good point. And Even as I was reading it, it it was something that occurred to me very similarly. I didn't write it down or anything, but it really is moving away from, okay, now the world is established. Now we get into the meat of the chapter and a little bit of the conflict beyond some of the people that we already know are villainous or whatever, like Malfoy and Snape even, even though it just happened a couple pages prior. So... You mentioned this off mic. We are legitimately halfway through the book. Yeah. It's crazy. And we just got to Hogwarts a couple of chapters ago. We haven't established the full mystery, but we know it's there. Like it was mm-hmm. just literally introduced in the last page. So it's just very fascinating. I'm, I'm very excited. Literally right in the ha- in the middle. Yeah. We're at like page around 150 and the... The book is around, what, 320? Yeah, and mine's Three, at page... 332 yeah. is mine. And mine's at 142 and 330, 309 is the ending. Yeah. So I love that. And it's and it has to be done, but it's done so beautifully. The, the world building and establishment and stuff that happens in the first literal half of the book is so hard to do and make it interesting and make it exciting. And what she does is she sprinkles all this little stuff in there. And now as you finish this book and as you finish the rest of the series, you're going to be like, oh, this. Oh, my God, this. This is from chapter two of the first book. It's just brilliant. That establishing is so crucial. We keep mentioning the glorious things about their money, whatever else, the all these other elements of the magical world. And we need to have that established up to this point. We can't just go right into it. Oh, here's a boy at school and not know anything about him. No, um, that's absolutely right. So. But that's part of his story, too. That's yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. It's, I said this at some point. It's important to show, like, where people come from. And. I agree with that. We even talked about that with Lily. It's important to see where Lily came from. And we're definitely going to be able to look at that more in depth. And I love that, you know? So I don't mind at all that it's, it's starting now. In fact, even though that it's been like establishing and setting all of these guidelines for the book and whatnot, we have still said for especially the past like four chapters, but like, I love this chapter. This is so cool. 
because we can like just relish in what the chapter is giving us and the amazing thing about Diagon Alley and the treats on the train and the the beautiful Grand Hall and all of that. So, and even in this, it's like the classes are the new thing that are things that we take for granted that are so amazing and and wonderful in the magical realm. I think it's because everything is the first time. Like, it's just, it's the first time we're introduced to these characters. It's the first time that we're stepping into the Great Hall. That we're, I just, I, I think that that's so important. And it's a, you keep using the phrase taking this for granted, which is beautiful because we are people who take for granted the first time you do any of this. That's why I love, and this seems like a weird tangent, but follow me here. That's why I love that we do theater. Because <laughs> every everything has this first time. You have that, you have the audition, you have the read-through, you have the mm-hmm. first run. You have these things that have all of this, like the first time we did this, that has that magic to yeah. it. Which I will cycle back to what I said in the last chapter about Dumbledore's line about music, this magic beyond all we do here. There's there's a cycle of that that I love and appreciate because I'm a person who loves the story and also loves the magic of something that holds no wand magic or anything like that, but holds a different type of magic. So that is what I love about theater. And that's what I love about this book, especially because it is your first time with Harry. It's your first time going to Hogwarts, your first time in Diagon Alley. It's all of this first, all, your first Class with Snape, even, who you, who I don't like. But the first time you get to see that interaction and what it turns into at the end of the series. Yeah. He legit names his second child after this <laughs> I man. I know, right? You know, like, it is astounding how these seeds are planted from the first time. A Ugh. couple things about first time, too. Of course, this is our first time reading the book. So we're coming back. It's and my first still, time reading the book. I'm um, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, we're coming back and seeing it through like fresh eyes or more experienced eyes, but it's still amazing. At the same time, I mentioned. Uh, I that's a that's my tagline. I mentioned because I always <laughs> go back to things I said in previous episodes. I've talked about how mindfulness is a big thing for me, and something about that is being present in the in the moment and being self-aware and sometimes when you're doing that you are noticing the magic of life around you no matter what and we are looking at this from a perspective of the grass is always greener on the other side it would be so cool if i had plates that the food would just appear on them and that i had floating candles in my house yes they would still be really cool and i want them but at the same time there are times when when i am just mindful like um when i was driving here today i kind of went off the beaten path and went through a wooded area and it was just so nice driving through nature and not be on the highway and and that really is where you can be grateful for the things that you currently have i know that was a little bit of a departure from this but i think in a strange way what reading these books has caused me to to realize that it's it's okay to always come back and Hogwarts will always welcome you back home. But also being present in your current life and looking around and looking at the magic that's around you every day. And theater is a great way to experience that is also, I think, pretty amazing and a nice lesson from the chapter. Even though sometimes I have the habit of repeating myself and hearkening back to previous things that I've said or getting ahead of myself. 
every single chapter, I think, we've learned some sort of lesson, and we kind of offhand mention it in each episode, and I think it's really cool that we are drawing those things to relate back to our regular lives out of these these pages. But don't necessarily go back and try to pick out, just in case we missed an episode where we didn't have a lesson. Yeah, don't go back to chapter two and be like, oh, you didn't have a lesson in chapter two. Whatever. We had the fucking Dursleys. What are we going to learn from that? Don't be a dick. Wow. Right. <laughs> but really, I think that that was a beautiful way to end that discussion. And we can move on real quick to the movie, yeah. which actually has a lot of differences, <laughs> but they play so well on screen. Yeah. The first difference I'm thinking about is how Harry and Ron are, are late to Transfiguration, which yeah. is not specified in the book that this ever happens, but it's so brilliant. It's so fucking iconic. She turns into... A human from a cat, and it's Dame Maggie Smith, and it's brilliant, and it's, Ron says, that was bloody brilliant. It's just so great. It's so good to establish her ability. And being an animagus. Yeah. Like, all of that. It's so cool to do that in this respect. It very clearly, in in this, like, short 30-second, not even, clip from the movie, you know what Transfiguration is like. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that's so brilliant. It's so much cooler than turning your desk into a pig and turning matches into needles, for sure. I mean, sure, that's what they did. But in the movie, you can make Dame Dame Maggie Smith turn into herself from being a really cute cat. Yeah. She's a very cute cat. That is definitely a very big part of this um, chapter that's different. Last chapter, I said how the movie did impeccably well, I thought. There are a lot of different changes in this one, including that, that I I agree. I think they're very welcome. Things like omitting the entire thing of Professor Benz. We already talked about how, like, I'm not a fan of that. He's never in the movies at all. At all. Ever. Yeah. Which is fine. Again, yeah. it doesn't hurt the plot. I think, and it's hard, so we can discuss it a little bit now, but the whole um, Wingardium Leviosa swish and flick thing mm-hmm. is in the movie in this section but it doesn't come up in the book until later yes so that's kind of a difficult way to so i think we'll call back to that after we've read that chapter in the book and and whatever that's my other favorite class right charms are you kidding me and just again getting to see these professors is great and then of course potions is iconic it's iconic i you know hate snape i hate potions whatever but alan rickman is iconic and it's brilliant and i love it in the book the potions dungeon seems so much darker and damper and gross, but we watched the clip um, of Snape shitting on Harry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that sounds like we were on like X two. No, <laughs> we, we you know what I mean. We, we watched that scene, and like even the potions dungeons. I'm like, it's a beautiful room. It's shot so beautifully. Like living in this castle would be outstanding the other one that i want to bring up too is we don't see professor sprout we do not chapter not chapter two book two book two which is Um, a fucking crime i do want to bring up the really quick professor sprout in and i'm going to do this a lot with some of these upcoming um actors there's one in mind that i'm not going to mention yet but i'm a big agatha christie fan i think i had mentioned that in like our intro and so i've seen all of the film adaptations and i've seen miriam margolis in Mm -hmm. several of those adaptations several other of these actors and actresses but also the fact that miriam margolis played aunt sponge Uh in james and giant Uh peach too so i know obviously that doesn't happen here but 
They mentioned Professor Sprout. I love Professor Sprout, so I just had to bring it up. And then last, the Harry taking notes while Snape is talking. That's the other thing, yeah. It is, um, it's a little too charitable to be true to the book, but I love it because Daniel Radcliffe is just so precious. But, like, it's very charitable for Harry. Like, not that he was doing anything wrong, because he fucking wasn't. But it's like, yes, Harry's taking notes. He would never do that. Like, it's not, it, you know, that's just not accurate. But it gives Snape more of a, his introduction gets to be different. It's, it's it still tells the worse. story. But yeah. but it's just like, but Harry wouldn't be taking notes. It's so. even worse than Snape already is. It's like, he's, he's just trying to do his best. But also, it harkens back a little bit to how even the Sorting Hat was like, you're so eager to prove yourself. I don't think this is the way that he would prove himself, though. I agree with you. Exactly. Again, like, it's it's such a little thing, and I don't think it takes away from the story, but if, if we're going to be nitpicky, that's my comment yeah. on that. We don't get the exchange about Neville. We do get to see Hermione, like, literally flying out of her seat to raise her hand. <laughs> that's super cute. But again, very Hermione-ish. The, chapter, the chapter gets a win. Again, movie-wise, the movie very, very successfully portrays this yes. chapter. Very us. different, but I think still very, very successful. Very, very successful. And again, things that were cut, things that were added, fine. So lastly, who <laughs> are you going to give a takeaway yeah. house points? I'm going to get through this quick because we are now at 7%, I believe. Um, so full circle, my battery's still dying. But we're going to make it through it. So points. 10 points to nearly have this Nick. We actually didn't mention this, but he is so... Helpful to the children because he's John Cleese. I'm just kidding because John Cleese. That's right. (laughs) Because he's great. I had to give ten to nearly have this Nick. I it opens with that. All of these other professors are wonderful too. I wanted to give points to so many people, but no, I just needed to to give ten to nearly have this Nick. I already talked a lot about her, and she isn't even like major in this chapter. But five to Professor Sprout because she's not dumpy. Okay, and then. Also, not like a huge character in this chapter, but I'm giving five to Hermione because Hermione is probably like doing backflips right now. I talk about how these are the classes that I wish I could be able to take. Hermione is probably right there with me and I know she's living her life. So five points to Hermione. I'm taking 10 points away from Filch because this is the first time I can take points away from Filch and I want to do that. 10 from Peeves again, too, because he's the opposite of Nick and nearly have this Nick. Like, he's being a douche rocket to all these these children's. And then, of course, 20 points from Snape. He took two away from Gryffindor. I'm taking 18 more away from Snape. <laughs> what about you? We all know who loses this chapter. <laughs> Snape! Uh, I'm so excited Professor to give my, right? <laughs> I'm so excited to give my first Snape loss of this because... God, anyway, so I actually had a, uh, because you give out all the fucking points, I can do this. I have a tie for winner of the yeah. episode. One of them is Professor McGonagall because she's fucking great. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Hedwig because she gets to deliver her first letter and I love Hedwig. We covered all the bases. Yay. Like, even little things like, oh, Hermione gets to be a nerd. Professor Sprout isn't dumpy. Nearly Headless Nick is a nice ghost. That's what Hedwig we gets do. To, like, it's the little, de- it's in the details. So we know. do. So next time. Um, oh, yeah. What the fuck is the name of the next one? Oh, oh, what is it? What is it? it I, is I already know what it is. The, not the Midnight Duel. It is the Midnight Duel. Oh. It is already time for the Midnight Duel. <laughs> Duel, friends. Duel. Chapter <laughs> nine, the Midnight Duel, will be our next chapter. Again, still working on that outro line. Well, at least we have two new. We have tag our own lines. personal taglines now. I've already forgot what yours is. 
Mine is great. It's, we're going to think of it. We're going to talk yes. about it later. We're, we'll do it. Yep. Okay. We'll do it. Oh, on that but note, mine is, I've already done it. And I've, you're going to hear about it again. <laughs> that's, that's mine. But it's actually, as I was saying, is that what it was? Uh, yeah. Not as I was saying. Um, Something like that. Uh, as I've already mentioned. Yes. <laughs> so we're cool. Yay us. Yay. Good night. Bye. Bye, guys. Basic Snitches is produced and recorded by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery and edited by Adam Bowers. A special thanks to all of you for taking the time to download and listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed us. In the future, we hope to have more ways for our listening audience to connect with us and perhaps inspire other segments or elements of the show. We're very new to this, and we appreciate your support and input. If you would like to get in contact with us, for now, please follow us on Instagram at basicsnitches or email us at basicsnitches at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll catch you soon. Get it? Catch you? Like catching a snitch? <laughs>